This is Mick Rhodes with the Claremont Courier Podcast, First Take. This is my story, Hope, a family's constant companion, as Sam's story takes a sad turn once again. For those of us rooting for Samuel Kramer Dolan, and there are many, the events of the past two weeks have been deflating. Sam, Courier readers may recall, once made regular appearances in the police blotter, mostly for petty theft and drug possession. After one too many flippant comments by me in said blotter, the Claremont High grad's family and supporters rallied around him, pointing out, correctly, that he was suffering and deserved respect. That led to my meeting Sam's remarkable mother, Claremont resident Per Dolan, and an initial story. More stories followed about Sam's struggle with drug addiction and mental illness, the legal system, and his family's steadfast love and support through it all. Per told me her son had suffered a near-death experience with fungal meningitis months prior to his spate of police blotter appearances. Doctors at the time said the rare infection would likely lead to permanent, serious cognitive impairment. We never really saw, after the terrible illness and the brain damage that he had from the fungal meningitis, we never really saw how much he had recovered because he immediately started using. Unhoused for years... It seems Sam may have hit rock bottom last year when he was thrown into downtown Los Angeles's notorious Twin Towers jail on a raft of petty theft and drug charges. He was later moved to Men's Central Jail in L.A. and then to Pitch's Detention Center in Castaic. For most of those months, he had no outside time. His cell had no windows or fresh air, and there was no respite from the 24-hour fluorescent lighting, incessant noise, and brawling prisoners. But it turned out incarceration had its benefits. Sam's brain was able to rest in jail, his mother said. He began to not only read books, but to remember and quote passages from them to his family months afterward. We never thought we would see that kind of brain work again. And so it was such a blessing during his jail time for him to feel like, oh, I... You know, I have a mind. I can think. I can remember. Of course, that just disappeared the minute he walked out. On April 12th, Sam was released on parole after spending the better part of a year in jail with the stipulation that he must immediately be admitted into a long-sought-after treatment facility. He'd been in at least 16 different treatment facilities over the years, but this one was different. It was a dual diagnosis program treating both addiction and mental illness. Both he and his family had high hopes. But about 36 hours into his stay there, Sam bolted. He had a lot of problems. He didn't understand the rules. um, And of course, it wasn't really very locked in, and he just took off. Sam's family hadn't even had a chance to go see him at the new facility. He completely just exploded with anxiety and not taking his meds and too many freedoms, and boom, he was gone. And And then he showed up in Claremont. Sam had scored some methamphetamine in Los Angeles before boarding a train to his hometown. And soon, his family began hearing reports from friends of Sam sightings around town. He was using here, too. Meth, fentanyl, and alcohol. His family did manage to corral him into a psychiatric facility, but he walked out after three days. 
He broke into his father's Claremont home repeatedly in the days leading up to Easter. But Sam wasn't looking to steal, to raise money for drugs. He just wanted to sleep on the floor of his childhood bedroom. He didn't do anything bad, you know. He just he just took the windows off and would crawl in and go in, go into his old room and crawl up and sleep. And you know, his dad would say, "Honey, you can't be here." And he would leave, but he kept doing it. Sam's family was faced with only terrible choices. They then made a deeply wrenching decision and got a judge to issue a restraining order. Which was very, very hard to do because, you know, it. we understand that there's a big part of his brain that is just like a little kid and he just wants to go home. It meant Sam would likely go to prison, but it was an act of mercy. So, you know, when we saw him here, we knew that he would be returning to jail because you can't break your diversion agreement and your parole agreement and not eventually be put back in jail. So we knew that that was going to happen. It was just a question of how soon and how safe could he be, you know, and how much harm could be prevented before he went back. That was a really hard reckoning for us. The day before Easter, Saturday, April 16th, Claremont police arrested Sam for violating the order. Purr has nothing but praise for the way Claremont Police Department handled her troubled son. They called shortly after he was booked to ask for antibiotics Sam had been taking for a tooth infection. That probably was really important for his physical health, not to mention his pain level. Sam wasn't solely on a self-destruct mission, his mother told me. He went around to a, a couple neighbors and um, and also some other unhoused people that he knew where they were to apologize and to say that he, he was ashamed. He was also looking to speak to two CPD officers he knew from his time in Claremont, Corporal Jacob Tillman and Corporal Russ Haynes, who is now retired, both of whom had treated him humanely over the course of his many arrests and interactions with them over the years. He had this agenda in his head. He wanted to go around and apologize to various neighbors that he'd stolen things from, and he did that. (laughs) And he wanted to find those two police officers and let them know that he thought that they were, you know, really stellar human beings, and he did that. On May 4th, Sam will once again appear in Pomona Superior Court, where a judge will decide what's next for him. He did his time in L.A.'s notorious Men's Central Jail and earned a trip to a coveted county diversion program. But he had walked out, fundamentally breaking the terms of his parole. He also used, violated the restraining order, and was rearrested. Sam could end up in the general population of a regular prison. Or he could be sent to a psychiatric facility, where he would be locked down and its medications would be controlled for whatever length sentence the judge imposes. His family is hoping the court will see fit to show him some mercy. The thing is that in a hospital setting, that you're more likely to be allowed to do things, like to be helpful and to work. I mean, all the things that do help with mental stability, they're just not available in jail. If he could have something very specific that would make him feel like he was making amends and that he was being useful, that would be just really great to think that he could have that. Per never ceases to inspire me during our periodic texts and phone calls. She's relentlessly kind in the face of unimaginable grief, 
and never wavers in her hope that one day Sam will find peace. She copes by attending Naranon meetings at Claremont United Church of Christ every Monday night at 6.30. She also frequents various religious services around town and spends a lot of time outdoors. And I have a really loving community that checks in with me, and that makes all the difference. Once again, I told Purr a great many courier readers are rooting for Sam, myself included. I think so. I think so. I think that's absolutely true. Yeah. yeah. And, and I, you know, that will extend then to other, to other people because there are addicts everywhere. If they learn some things about how the process works for Sam, it will maybe help them when they have to deal with somebody in their own circle. Sam is set to appear in Pomona Superior Court Wednesday, May 4th. His family will be there. I mean, we can't do anything, but we can wave to him and blow him kisses and, you know, let him know that we're, we, we never leave him. This has been Mick Rhodes for the Claremont Courier Podcast First Take. Thanks for listening. First Take's theme music was written by Mick Rhodes and Wyman Reese and performed by Mick Rhodes and the Hard Eight.